The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 473. Got a special guest returning to the show. Always a fun conversation. You can find his work over at rotowire.com. He's the bullpen guru over there at his closing charts and much, much more. He's on Twitter at Ryan Roof. Ryan, how we doing, man? What's up? Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. It's always good talking to you, Bubba. Always good. Always good indeed. Always a fun Chatting it up and seeing where things are going. Um, first off, and we'll talk about your main event team towards the end of the show, but how are things going? We're about six weeks into the season, just in general in fantasy. How is uh, this weird new landscape uh, treating you? Pretty good so far. Uh, I had a hot start to the main event. We'll talk about that later, but um, doing pretty well in most of my leagues. So uh, just got to keep it going long season. So. How's the uh, how's the fab world treating you? Because it's 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 a wild ride. Every league's so different. How 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 are you handling that? It is so hard in the main event. It's yeah. ridiculously hard. I have the fab whisper in my league too. So oh, that doesn't help. Uh, that's that's <laughs> not good. Uh, he actually outbid me for Alec Thomas this week too by like twenty bucks or something like that. So uh, it's definitely way different. Um, and and. Uh, I was telling Phil recently that past three weeks, my top target been outbid on easily. So uh, you get like your like eighth or ninth conditional uh, down the list. And you got to make sure you have like huge conditional set because there's 30 plus pickups in the main event every week. So it's definitely um, learning a lot, but uh yeah, had a had a hot start, but starting to fall back. So, kind of getting a little nervous now. Yeah, no, the, the there's a good point though with the the conditional bids. I learned that the hard way, like when I first started doing NFBC, uh, fifteen teamers especially compared to twelve. But uh, there'll be weeks I'm like, oh, I got like four or five in, we're good, and then I still end up with like nobody this week, and I have a dead roster spot. It's just like, oh, this is awesome. So, yeah, I understand. I understand you there. Sometimes you just want to pulse, so you have to just go deep, see what happens, right, and uh, and roll. So with you 100 percent 
you're getting guys like Ramon Urias, you know, yes. who's like, I mean, not to besmirch Ramon Urias, but, uh, you know, he's not the best uh, option either. So, yep. yeah, it's uh, tough. Definitely a different animal. That's for sure. But uh, let's talk about some injuries that are going to open up some potential fab situations for people this weekend. And we'll start off with Salvi Perez going to the IL for the Kansas City Royals. It obviously opens up uh, more playing time for MJ Melendez, who went deep on Tuesday. His hit tool has been great. Um, he seems like the natural fit to just slide over there as the everyday catcher. Uh, but what's your, what's your thoughts on this whole Salvi, IL, Melendez, maybe someone else possibility? Yeah, I think it benefits Melendez uh, a lot, actually. Um, you know, Perez wasn't hitting well prior to the injury. He only had six homers, uh, OPS under 700. So, um, I mean, he wasn't really helping a lot, uh, especially compared to what he did last year. But um, his backup, Cam Gallagher, is also on the IL with a grade two hamstring strain. So this is really Melendez's opportunity to, to show what he can do. Uh, they called up Sebastian Rivero from the minors as well, but he's probably going to be a non-factor. He doesn't, he hasn't really hit well in the minors. So yeah, he got a Melendez first big league homer yesterday. Um, a lot of power upside. He led the minors in home runs last year. So um, only thing with Melendez though, uh, needs to make sure he's sharp defensively. Um, I saw some things that, uh, you know, he, he made some mental uh miscues behind the plate uh, in the big leagues, but uh, I don't think he was uh, known as a bad defensive catcher in the minors. So, um, so yeah, we'll see what he can do. I have Melendez in the Rotowire staff league, which is the deep 18 team league. So I'm excited to see what he can do with this opportunity. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. Cause like I grabbed him in a couple leagues thinking, okay, the hit tool is great. We saw it last year in the minors. And then um, the fact they were trying to play him all over the diamond even when they called him up, he wasn't just strictly the backup catcher. meant they wanted to get the bat in the lineup, so now there's no reason not to. So I'm very excited to see where this goes with him. And the, the underlying metrics are very, very promising. So let's hope for some big things from Melendez that makes it even harder to do some to move him out of the way when um, Salvi comes back. All right, Jake Odorizzi to the IL for the Houston Astros. And this is a, a nasty one. Got carted off the field. Um, he's going to have an MRI. Some people are speculating potential Achilles injury. Who knows? Obviously, we're not all doctors. This is a pretty devastating one for one Jake Odorizzi, who the year didn't start out great, but he started figuring it out uh, over the last couple starts, it appeared. And now um, this IL dent is not good, obviously, but it does open the door potentially for some more consistent Christian Javier. So what's your thoughts on this Odorizzi injury? Yeah, it's unfortunate timing for him. He had been pitching well, like you said, uh, three wins, three thirteen ERA, one hundred seventeen WHIP. So uh, it's 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 unfortunate timing for him, but uh, certainly benefits Christian Javier. He was knocked around a bit in his last start, but you know the upside's always there. So um, I think the Astros just go back to you know the five man rotation now, um, and you know perhaps Javier gets a much longer leash in the rotation now that he then you know, potentially serious injury for, for Odorizzi. Yeah, I'm with you. Hopefully it's not too serious for Odorizzi, but uh, I'm a big, big on fan. Javier in, uh, in draft season, so you're, you're yeah. probably like uh, Exactly. <laughs> I, I was big on Javier, so it's just like I've been waiting for this moment. It looked like we were going to see it a couple weeks ago. Then I got pulled back again. It's like, just let this guy go, please. Let him go. Like, Arkady's not even getting the job done right now. So let Javier pitch. So we'll see if uh, this is what it takes to get him in there full time. Uh, this was a, a bad one. Like we saw Brandon Lau over the weekend get some uh, off days here and there for the Rays. Now they put him on the IL um, with an injury that's going to take him out at least two to three weeks before they even reassess the situation. Um, it, so it doesn't sound good, to say the least. He's hating. He struggled quite a bit to start the season here. I guess it opens the door for consistent Vidal Brujan action. There's The, the Rays can do all kinds of things because it's what the Rays do. But what's your thoughts on Brandon Lau, who was struggling to begin with, and now he's going to be out for a little while? Yeah, that's a bummer because um, stress reaction in his lower back, uh, like you said, he won't even resume baseball activities for three weeks. So, I mean, it's going to be at least a month till you know he's he's even uh, coming back. So, um, yeah, Vidal Burhan, forty-four steals in the minors last year. Um, 
only thing is prior to last night's game, he only had five hits and one walk and 48 big league plate appearances. So he's not really doing much at the plate, but uh, speed upside is there. Um, they also called up Isaac Paredes, who uh, they got from the uh, the Tigers. Um, Paredes doesn't strike out much. He actually had more walks than strikeouts in the minors last year, but he doesn't have much pop, doesn't have much speed. Um, so, you know, we'll see how much playing time he gets. Um, I also think this could benefit Taylor Walls. He He's not hitting much, but does have, you know, five steals. So, uh, yeah, I think they'll just split the time between those three. And uh, hopefully Bruhan can get, can get going because he does have some upside. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, ho- I hope Bruhan can do it because, like you said, we've seen it in the minors. Hasn't completely translated yet in the small sample size. But I, this at least gives him a run because I was hesitant to add him in any leagues when he first got called up because I didn't see where the playing time was going to fit in with Bruhan. And now at least he has a chance at some consistent playing time. I guess the hardest part is I, I like this Paredes thing you mentioned also because – I was kind of intrigued on him when he was with the Tigers. We saw a great pedigree in the farm system there. And then when the trade went over, I was like, well, this is the perfect Rays move. This is what the Rays do. They get they get these guys. They groom them, sadly, in a platoon most of the time, but at least like they got them for a reason. And maybe this is a chance we'll see, and it could be a platoon with Brujan or whatnot. But Paredes does have some nice little pop in that bat and, and some overall offensive skills. You mentioned the lack of strikeouts. So – that's a fun one to monitor, Michael. We'll, we'll get an idea before this next fab week just how this week goes in general, but with the Rays, it could change when the wind changes. So um, this, I wouldn't be too crazy on the bids. That would be my two cents on that one. Yeah, it'll be one of those like eighth or ninth in the waterfall for me probably. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they're, they're worth yeah. A, a gamble just in case uh, something comes into play. But, uh, yeah, don't go don't go crazy, as, uh, as they say, because that can get – very, very expensive uh, in in the long run of that. The uh, Detroit Tigers have had a, a couple injuries to deal with here of late. Um, Austin Meadows goes to the 10-day IL. Uh, Victor Reyes also went to the IL. Not too worried about the Reyes chatter here, even though he had you know deep, deep leagues, I guess. But Austin Meadows is having a pretty good season, especially hitting against all those right-handed pitchers in the AL Central. Now he goes to the IL, opens the door for maybe some Willie Castro action. You know, Derek Hill's been playing ever since Badu got sent down. Um, you know, Daz Cameron is back up. There's a lot of moving pieces in Detroit. Do any of them interest you with Meadows and company on the IL? Yeah, Castro does for sure. Um, he was hitting second last night versus McClanahan. Um, I think he's hitting second in the lineup today too. Um, he was one of those guys last year. I felt like I added and dropped like five or six times, you know, just cause he had that hot uh, season before and then just didn't do anything uh, last year. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do because he's got a little bit of pop and speed. So um, if he if he hits second for for the Tigers, that's that's a really good spot to be in. So I think he'll be probably one of the most added pickups uh, uh, this week, at least in the 15 teamers. Um, but yeah, it's weird for Meadows. It's been a weird season. No home runs, um, but he's like not striking out at all. Like 99th percentile whiff rate, 92nd percentile uh, strikeout rate. So. Uh, it's just kind of like a he, he kind of just flipped things around based on what he was doing. He's just hitting for more contact, uh, you know, not selling out for power like he like he was in Tampa. So, yeah, it, it is weird. That's like I was anti Meadows when he was in Tampa because platoons just overall the production was so sketchy. And then he comes over to Detroit and um, so far so good. But it is weird. Like you said, he's productive, but no power. So like, where's what gives? And I don't think people will be, oh, it's Comerica Park. Like, you can't blame it on Comerica. It's not, that's not the, what's going on here to get completely ramp them down. So we'll have to see how he bounces back. I like the Willie Castro call. Um, yeah, know, Derek Hill too uh, is really good splits against left-handers yep. and he's got plus speed. So, um, so Hill's certainly a streamer against, uh, against lefties. Uh, Castro is really strong against lefties too. So, um, but uh, like you said, the, the AL Central, you know, with all the righties, uh, especially in the Twins and Guardians, um, you know, that was probably a big reason they went and acquired Meadows. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, let's talk Willie Adamas. I put on the outline headed to the IL. It's official on Wednesday morning. He is on the IL with a high ankle sprain, which is the worst, obviously, of the ankle sprains you can get because those are the ones that just keep getting reaggravated. They're tough to uh, to heal properly without just literally doing nothing, which is not great for some of these ball players. And that just makes it, you know, now you got Luis Urias going from third base to shortstop. You know, you gave him get some more Jace Peterson action. Michael Brosu's in there in platoons. With Willie Adamas down, um, is there anybody in, in Milwaukee you want to go grab to fill in? 
Uh, or is there maybe another shortstop I'm sleeping on? Because, you know, Royce Lewis is gone now, so that's fun. Um, what, what are you thinking with this Willie Adamas news? Well, Keston Hira got called up today. Uh, he's in the lineup. Um, oh, so go. he got uh, um, recalled for additional infield depth there. Uh, figure Brassell will probably mix in versus left-handers. Maybe Peterson sits versus lefties. But, uh, yeah, Hira, you know, tantalizing upside Um always rakes at triple a <laughs> i think he was he was hitting well well there before his call up so it'll be interesting to see what he can do i know he's not very strong defensively but i think uh they have him at first today so um so yeah maybe a little power speed upside but you know playing time we'll see how much playing time he gets uh if he plays every day this week i could see him being a big big pickup uh this yeah. weekend the thing with, with here, and that's why I, I will be interested to see how he goes this whole week, but he seemed like even before he got demoted, it was he's faced only lefties and he sat. So we'll yeah. see. And the, the point you made is he's always crushed triple A. It's just one of the – so it keeps giving people hope, and I hope it'll change. So we'll see how that uh, that translates for him. But that could be a decent flyer for sure because that power, it, it will play if he can play. So I'm with you on that one. Tyler McGill, this was a, a gunshot to many people because he – uh was pitching great, had a couple hiccups there, and now he's on the IL uh, due to right biceps inflammation. No structural damage, thank goodness. But uh, he's going to be down for a little while here. Uh, de- definitely going to be down for a little while. So you're not dropping Tyler McGill, obviously, but um, it is it is a buzzkill to the system. When we look at the Mets rotation, they've got the likes of um, – looks like Trevor Williams is going to fill in, so not the most warm and fuzzy acquisition out there. So what are you doing if you're a Tyler McGill guy? Yeah, I would hold him, uh, you know, for the, the upside. Um, it's weird timing, you know, with the with the ILs, you know, on the heels of his first big blow up of the year uh, after he allowed eight earned runs in an inning of third at Washington. Uh, I checked his velocity in that start. It wasn't down or anything. So um, I don't know. We'll see how long he's, he's out. But uh, Trevor Williams stepped in, pitched four scoreless innings yesterday afternoon against the Cardinals. I figure they'll probably just roll with him as kind of the opener and do bullpen games until, you know, McGill is ready. But uh, uh, I don't know. Is Jacob DeGrom ready yet? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's one where they, they just came a couple of days ago. Again. He took a new MRI. Images look promising, but he's still kind of not doing much. So I don't know what's yeah. going on there. Yeah. Mets going to Mets, baby. Mets going to Mets. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk Jesus Lizardo. You know, took spring training by fire, started out the season pretty strong. But uh, now he, as well, hits the injured list, which is a, is a, a shame here with a forearm strain, which not always what you want to hear when it comes to injuries because that usually leads to something else. But let's stay optimistic for a little bit here. Um, we haven't seen the full results there. And Cody Petit, though, got the call up. And this is a guy that has shown some promise in the minor leagues from time to time, like not like top top prospect but definitely some good stuff decent ratios not the most strikeouts though um is potita guy that you look to add this week or are you just kind of looking elsewhere to fill in for lizardo i mean we'll see if he starts to you know pitch five innings per start then then yeah i'm interested but um you know he's yet to to go over that he had been pitching in bulk relief until he kind of filled in for lizardo but Petit's been really good. Uh, 043 ERA, 086 whip. Like that's <laughs> in 21 innings. That's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, I know everyone's calling for for Max Meyer to to get called up. You know, nothing left to really prove in the minors. Um, but uh, Meyer gave up three home runs in his last minor league start at AAA. Uh, Meyer has gone five innings or more in six of his starts in AAA. So. Um, I don't know. I, I would imagine we see him soon, um, you know, but I think for now it's 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 poteet for a while. Um, I know we usually stick to NFBC conversation for the most part, so Meyer won't be available in pretty much any of our leagues until he makes an appearance. But say you're in a, like a Yahoo or a Fantrax or an ESPN that's got him available on the waiver wire, um, and obviously your league depth will come into play there. Would he be a guy you'd be looking to stash right now if you can? Or is it just like you'd rather focus on the now type situation? Oh yeah, for sure. I'd be looking to stash him. Um, yeah, he's 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 got the strikeout upside. Forty three to ten K to walk and thirty six and a third innings in the minors. So um, he's definitely you know got the upside. He will likely you know 
if he does come up and start, I, I would think, you know, he would pitch long enough to, to be in line for a win, you know, since he's gone five plus innings in most of his AAA starts. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely somebody I'd be, I would be stashing in those leagues. Cool. Yeah. I just wanted to bring that up because uh, sometimes we forget about the other, the, the, the regular players out there, the, the more common players out there that uh, this is actually a guy you can go grab. So it makes things much more intriguing if you can stash and hold in those situations. A last one we'll discuss here. Manny Margot hits the IL, which is an absolute shame because he was actually starting to crush baseballs. He was playing against righties and lefties, hitting the top of the order, power speed, doing everything we've wanted from Manny Margot for years. Now he hits the IL. Um, it'll turn into a likely platoon situation with Brett Phillips, Harold Ramirez, maybe others in Tampa. Uh, what are you doing with Manny Margot, though? Because we finally saw what we wanted to see, but now he's back to the IL. Yeah, it sucks. Um, I have him in a few spots. I was really excited about his start. Um, so I'm, I'm going to hold uh, just because it looks like he was in the midst of a career season. He's really been the Rays' best hitter outside of Wander Franco. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to hold on to Margot, especially because he plays outfield. You know, most of the leagues I'm playing in, you know, start five outfielders. So, um, yeah, I, that's just like Odorizzi. It's just bad timing, you know for Margot, yeah, yeah. so hopefully he's back soon. Yeah, it definitely sucks. It definitely sucks. So I guess we'll have to uh, to see how this one goes going forward, and hopefully it is back soon, as you said, because that's a, that was a punch, punch to the gut for sure. Uh, let's talk some closers. Let's talk closers, and then we'll, we do have a listener question in the chat. We'll bring that up towards the end of the show. But uh, let's uh, let's talk some closers here. And I didn't write down, like, last time I had you on was before the season. We went team by team. It was an awesome episode. Um, and so if there's some I didn't put here, because we could obviously talk almost every team again, uh, please bring them up at the end. But we'll start with the Red Sox, where things have been a roller coaster ride. Hansel Robles got the most recent save, but like Matt Strom's looked good. Um, there, there, there's options there in Boston, but nothing has like settled in to to be the guy. So if you're approaching them right now, who would you like to roster? And then if you don't get the main guy, who are you speculate, speculating on? Yeah, I actually cover the the Boston bullpen in depth in my latest Closer Encounters article uh, for Rotowire that should be out later today. Uh, it's not published yet. so uh, But I go deep on this bullpen, and also Philadelphia is just two struggling pens um, that, uh, you know, just wanted to look, look a little bit deeper into. So, um, yeah, Robles is the committee leader right now. He leads Boston with two saves, uh, including their most recent save on Monday. It's funny with Robles, his, his surface stats don't look bad, but prior to Monday, he had allowed an earned run in four of five appearances. Uh, his ground ball rate is down 5% from last year. K rate's only 17.2%. And he's always had a 10 plus percent walk rate. So he might be the favorite for saves right now, but he's definitely not the best reliever in this bullpen. Um, so, uh, you know, I would uh, be... I'd still be rostering Robles if I need saves, but uh, I'm definitely, you know, willing to cut bait at some point just because, you know, he's not pitching as well as his stats say he's pitching. Um, So Matt Barnes is another one who, you know, was expected to have the job uh, coming into the season, but, you know, he had some mechanical issues in spring. Um, His velo was down in spring. Um, I'd been monitoring his velocity because I actually have him in one of my 15 team leagues where I'm hurting for saves. Um, I've been holding him on my bench, but I'm probably going to cut bait this weekend. It's probably long overdue. Um, his velo is actually back in line with his average from last season. Um, he was at 95 uh, and a half miles per hour in two of his last three appearances. But last night, uh, he came into the Astros game, a uh, low leverage situation, was sitting 94.3 again. So um, he's performed terribly. Uh, he's given up uh, least an earned run in, in half of his appearances. And he has very few like clean outings where he just, you know, it's a one, two, three inning. So um I'm going to cut bait on Barnes uh, because I think the two best options for saves right now uh, in Boston are John Schreiber and Matt Strom. Um, Schreiber is a former Tigers reliever that has earned a high leverage role really quickly. Um, He earned a two inning save against Atlanta a week ago. 
um, hasn't been scored upon through seven and the third innings, hasn't walked a batter. Uh, because of that, he leads the Boston bullpen with a with a 25.9% K minus walk percentage. So, um, you know, it's a nice start to the season. He doesn't throw super hard. He only throws 93 and a half miles an hour, but he has yet to allow a hit on his fastball this season. So um, he's definitely somebody that I think could get more opportunities just based on how he's pitching. I mean, everyone else is pretty much struggling. Um, so uh, keep an eye on Schreiber and also Matt Strom. Um, he's a lefty, um, could get save chances versus lefty heavy parts of the lineup. Um, 29% K rate, 4% walk rate, mid 40s ground ball rate. He's definitely performed the best thus far out of the Boston relievers. So um, I'm excited about Strom and Schreiber. Um, you know, Robles, I still have as the kind of leader of the committee, but I think Schreiber and Strom should mix in more, um, you know, for saves just based on the way they're pitching. And, you know, Boston, you know, they've started the season poorly, you know, they have high expectations. You want, you know, I, I would imagine they, Alex Cora will do anything to try to turn the ship around. So um, one thing I've considered actually, and let me know your thoughts on this, Bubba. What if Chris sale comes back as a reliever? It's definitely an option. Like I've said that about, it's kind of in the same vein. Like last year, I kept saying the A's should just have AJ Puck come back as their closer. Like right. literally like, these guys that are having arm issues that you have to ramp up and you have to hope they stay healthy, but you know, they could probably give you one or two really awesome innings. Like how could Chris sale not be like a Josh Hader type? They almost look identical. If you think about the way they wing it from the side, Hader's obviously I think better at this point in time, but I'm with you. I think that's an option as if things go this way. Um, I guess the biggest deterrent for Boston is their rotation's got some hiccups in it too. So they're yeah. probably thinking like, I got to fix I got a bunch of leaks in the dam. Like, how do I fix this with one guy? That's probably tough. But I think it's a great option because right now, as you've mentioned with their bullpen, there's nothing that's set in stone that's working right now. So they got to figure it out. And Chris Sale, he's not going to be stretched out to be an actual starter for a while. It's going to be. That's what I'm time. thinking. So like, pitching in shorter stints, like, could accelerate his return, right? Yeah. Like, yeah and, he, and, and he could start as a closer, like you're saying. And then come, if they're in the contention, come August, you could stretch him out closing and be back in the rotation. So it's it's an option for sure. Yeah. I'm not even sure, really, even as a closer, just, you know, maybe even a, a long man or, you know, eat up man. some innings yeah. at least uh, um, to eat up some of that work. But, um, you know, another option would be, you know, if sale returns, you know, maybe Whitlock steps yeah. back into that versatile relief role that could, you know, lead to him closing out some games. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Whitlock's such a stud. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're, they want to do with them, but I, I imagine at some point, you know, innings uh, may be something they want to monitor. So, so maybe he goes back to the, the bullpen at some point this year. hundred percent on board with you on that on multiple parts. He is a stud. Like I love Whitlock and it's, it's, it's tough though in the fantasy. Like I, I've rostered him, like, but it's just so tough because they, they take such close care of him. So to be super fantasy relevant from a starter's tricky, where he probably would benefit us better as a closer or as back end of an opener, but it seems like they don't know what they want to do with him. It's like, hey, we want you to start, but we don't want you to go deep. <laughs> so it's, it's a right. tough situation. So he could be the perfect guy in the back end of that pen to give you like an inning or two and, and just rock and roll. So I like, I like that as well. Like, there's, I guess it's good that they have options. That's something that the Red Sox have are options. It's just uh, how good are these options is the tricky part. And um, back to your Barnes comments earlier, I'm with you. I was big on him in the draft season as like a value, like third reliever option. He's been cut on all my teams since then. And it's annoying because I think I could still see him finishing the season with the most Red Sox saves and it's going to annoy me. But um, yeah, yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, I, I think the velo is is big for him, right? Like, yeah. like he had a couple appearances recently where his velo was back in line, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll hold on to him some more. But you know, he's pitching, you know, the middle innings when they're down thirteen to four or something yeah, like that. You know, it's good. just, just I don't think he's going to be seeing saves anytime soon. So yeah. I, I probably should have cut him a long time ago, like you, like you did. Yeah, it's tough. And I'll, I'll be honest, though. Mine were in 12 teams, which made it a lot easier. 15 oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is tough I, in 15s. Yeah. yeah, that's why I want to clarify that. Because like in 15, he still has a pulse and like a slight percent chance of figuring it out. Where in 12, it's like, you know what? I just got to move on. <laughs> it's got to go. So Yeah, in that league, I'm, I'm hurting for saves. I'm towards like the bottom uh, for saves. So so that's why I've held this long. But uh, yeah. 
I think uh, even Schreiber or Strom, like picking, you know, picking either one of those guys up, I prefer both to, to Barnes right now. So, yeah, and that's an option for people that are rostering these guys that you're stuck on is, well, flip them for another per, you know, perspective saves guy and see how that one rolls for a bit and see see if at least at least the ratios and the strikeouts are there to, to make things a little better. Uh, yeah. Let's head to Detroit where it's Gregory Soto. He got another save, but then, you know, he's got a, gets a hold the week, a couple items before that. he's been all over the board when it comes to saves. And he's just not striking out a ton of guys like you would hope. You know, we saw Fulmer last year do some stuff. Will Vest has looked great of late, he even picked up a save last week. Um, what are you doing with the Detroit situation? Yeah, Vesta came in during uh, one of Soto's recent save opportunities, kind of cleaned up uh, his mess that he made. Um, Soto had hit two batters and walked another to load the bases, and, and Vest uh, got out of it. So, um, yeah, I like uh, I like Vest. Soto has just been kind of overworked recently. He worked three out of four games for the Tigers recently. Um, you know, Fulmer hasn't pitched well in May. He's given up five run runs, five walks during the month, and five innings. So. Um, he was somebody I was rostering in the main event for, for a little bit, um, but uh, I moved on uh, for the roster space. Um, but Vest is, is, you know, he's encouraging. He's got a 23K to walk, 046 whip through 15 in the third innings. Um, that's That'll play. So I would not be surprised to see him get some more opportunities. Um, Chafin's off to a nice start, too. Uh, he's somebody who started the, the season on the IL for the Tigers. Um Alex Lang's off to a nice start too. Joe Jimenez closed games in the past. So they, they really do have a lot of options they could turn to. Um, but, you know, it's funny. Soto and Fulmer, you know, the two guys that are relying on most have, you know, pitched poorly. So um, I would not be surprised to see them shift this to, to Vest or, you know, even Chafin, who closed out some games last year for the Cubs. Yeah, no, that's what surprises me about this because I, I I liked Soto as an similar to Barnes, like hey, a late round. Let's let's take a flyer guy, but I haven't even I haven't dropped him yet, but I haven't started him every week like most closers. So it's one of those like I'm not confident in the situation with him, but um, you have a, a nice slew of talent in that bullpen. So eventually we may see a change into the guard. I feel like we've we've done this dance with Soto for almost two years now. Like the same thing happened last year. And then he kind of struggled. They demoted him, and then he started getting back in the role. So he's just he's a tough one to kind of give up on because they don't give up on him, which makes it really tricky. But uh, this year they have options, so we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, he was one of like it was tough in draft season because he was one of like the first like iffy closers that like had security because AJ Hinn said he's my guy. Yeah, like like right after the season he said that, so it was like you had to like target him because there was like nobody you know, nobody had a job. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, so. That, 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 that is probably one reason why I moved him up my board, board weirdly enough. So yeah. it makes it very tricky. Yeah. Um, I know we talked about this team in general uh, earlier to the, the, before the season started in Seattle, because there are so many options and they've pretty much showed their hand that there's so many options so far this year. But uh, you know, Paul Sewell come back from the IL. He's been pretty darn good. He has had a hiccup here or there, but still, He's been pretty darn good. Multiple innings at times, getting you saves, wins, a, a jack of all trades. You have Andres Munoz, who's looked good. Stecken Riders had a save. Uh, you still have a Castillo back there who's had his moments. There's been a little piece of the pie for everybody, it feels like. How are you assessing the Seattle situation? Because I just finally threw my hands up and I said, you know what? I'm just grabbing Suald where I can and get the ratios, the strikeouts, and whatever else works. But um, there, maybe there's a smarter move. What do you got? No, I think you're right. Sewell, Sewell and Munoz will provide at least those other stats that you're looking for, like the strikeouts, uh, some wins, you know, just because you know, they're pitching in high leverage. Um, Munoz is, is really one I'm, I'm wondering if, if he'll eventually, you know, take the job at some point this year and run with it. Uh, he currently leads all relievers that have 10 or more innings with a uh, 25.2 swinging strike rate. Um, he's got a 20 to 5K to walk in just uh, 10 and a third innings. So, um, he signed that extension with Seattle this offseason to buy out his arbitration years. And I think that gives him a much greater chance of taking over a role at some point. Um, just because there's no, you know, they're not trying to like keep his costs down by not giving them save opportunities. So the fact that they, they bought out those years, um, he's with them long-term now. Uh, I think, I think increases his chances. Um, but Sewell has been really good. Um, 043 whip through 11 and two thirds innings. Um, you, you know, I know he was in the headlines recently uh, when he visited uh, the Mets, uh, his former team. Um, 
but uh yeah he's performing he's he's performing well give you the strikeouts um giving up a couple homers but uh, he's certainly their highest leverage reliever um i am not on steckenrider or castillo this year um, steckenrider has a 6.7 percent k minus walk percentage uh gave up four hits and two earned runs on his last appearance diego castillo uh, he earned his second save of the season in his most recent appearance, but he's allowed nine earned runs over his three appearances before that. And uh, his K minus Y percentage is only 8.6%. Uh, not striking out as many batters this season, um, you know, as he has in the past. So uh, those are two guys I'm just, you know, when, when, when you have a bullpen like this where, you know, four or five guys are in the mix, you know, the, those guys that aren't giving you the strikeouts or, you know, regular wins or, you know, in those scenarios where, you know, it's high leverage tie game, you know, they can, uh, you know, come out with a win. Uh, I'm just not interested in those guys. So unless they start turning things around or Castillo starts, start striking more guys out. Um, I'm just going to avoid them. Um, and don't forget about Ken Giles. Uh, he was cleared yeah, for a throwing program one. in early May. Um, uh, but he was transferred to the 60 day IL recently to make room for George Kirby. I think in mid-June at the earliest, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him a little bit later than that, um, dealing with that finger issue. But, uh, you know, he's somebody that could be in this mix when when he gets back. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense as well. So, yeah, uh, we'll stick Sewold for now. But there's, I think it'll be a roller coaster, like usual, in Seattle. Uh, let's head to Toronto, where this is an interesting one. Because like, at least there's some news coming out on Jordan Romano. At first, it was like, oh, he's being evaluated by the medical staff. And we saw his velocity was down. So, you know, panic, panic, panic mode set in at least. And, like, literally while you were talking, I just looked up again to make sure nothing's changed. And as of last night's game, he's day-to-day with a a non-COVID illness that's hitting him pretty bad. But he was good enough to be at the facility receiving fluids and whatnot from the team doctors. So it may not be that contagious, is my guess, because why would you bring him near the team if it's that kind of deal? So – I don't know what it is. We don't know what it is, but it's nothing structural. It sounds like it's like literally he's got an illness. Who knows if it takes a week to two weeks, what's it going to do to his like body and everything who knows. But the question now for the time being, is it just go grab Simber and roll with it? Cause he got another save last night, or is there something else you want to do with the Toronto situation until we get more Romano news? Yeah. I'm a little scared about this. Uh, Romano is my roast, most uh, rostered closer. Oh, so I'm I have a lot okay. too. I'm with you. That was a buzzkill. He's been crushing it for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, Scott Mitchell of TSN tweeted last night that he's in rough shape. Yeah. Um, so that's a little scary. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Simber, two straight saves for Toronto, um, you know, past two nights. Uh, Tim Miza recently went on the IL with an inflamed left forearm. He's getting a second opinion, so that's a little scary too. Um, so Simber and, and Yimmy Garcia are kind of the the two guys I'm looking at right now. Um, Simber's only pitched 19 uh, pitches between the last two days, so I'm wondering if he could possibly pitch tonight in a third straight uh, if there's another save opportunity just because, you know, he hasn't really thrown that many pitches. But um, if not, I would imagine Yimmy Garcia probably gets the opportunity uh, Simber gets the night off. Uh, Trevor Richards, David Phelps, they're veterans who could probably step in for saves if if needed. But, uh, you know, Simber's clearly the favorite just because he's gotten the last two saves. And Yemi Garcia, just based on his experience last year with uh, Miami as yeah. uh, the backup. I guess we'll see how it goes. It's just, just like you said, let's just hope uh, everything's fine with Mr. Romano. But it's a it's weird, yes. it's a weird one. It's a very Please. weird one <laughs> that they're like kind of they're guaranteeing they're telling us it's not COVID, but they're not telling us anything else. So it's like I'm, I'm, I'm no doctor. We need to call the roto doctor and see like exactly. what you need fluids for if it's a non-COVID illness. Because and it's, it's and it's not it's contagious like enough or something. Can, like I have no yeah. idea. And it's not contagious enough so you can bring them by the team. So it's a it's a weird deal. Weird deal for yeah. sure. Maybe dehydration uh, or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's got maybe yeah, something with his digestive system. I don't know. <laughs> it's just draining us down. Yeah. Um, Arizona Diamondbacks. This is a fun one. Mark Melanton last week, two saves, two blown saves that were ugly. No strikeouts in all four appearances. He's been getting worse and worse, it seems like. You got Ian Kennedy, who's you know not the structure of hope either. He might be better than Melanton right now, but not the, the best thing in the world. Uh, Toby last night mentioned Joe Mantiply. I see you have him on your list as well. What are you doing in Arizona? 
Yeah, this is tough uh, just because Melanson's just been so bad. He had uh, three losses and a blown save over over a week stretch. But when you look at his saves, he's converted seven of his eight opportunities. Um, so Tori Lavulo came out and said uh, he's still the closer. He kind of reviewed his his body of work thus far this year. Um, most of his bad outings have, have been in non-save situations, apparently. So um, I don't know. That's you know, having a vote of confidence from the manager, you know, is, is nice, but when you have a ERA over eight and a whip over two, you know, you're not really excited to put him in your lineup. So um, yeah, Kennedy, you know, saved 26 games last year, 30 in 2019, the Royals can certainly do the job. Uh, gave up an earned run in his last appearance, um, a couple of hits took the loss, but um, he's clearly the, the next, guy um if melanson continues to falter um mantiply is a good uh you know alternative if if we're talking like really really deep leagues um you know those 15 teamers or plus um just as a spec option just because arizona has been a lot better this year than than you know expectations mm-hmm. uh and mantiply you know has an era and whip both under one um doesn't strike too many guys out but uh he's kept his walk rate down this year um he, he had 17 walks and 39 two thirds last year, but only one walk in 13 to two thirds this year. So he's uh, got two saves. So um, yeah, uh, it's kind of a bullpen I've avoided uh, for saves just because, you know, they haven't been a winning team, you know, in recent years. Uh, it's been a nice start, but I think they fell back under 500 recently. So um, I'm just kind of, avoiding i don't think i have any blanson or kennedy or mantiply but i would consider mantiply as a as as a really deep option i think that was a good call by toby yeah what's interesting with them is they're like i guess the best way i can say is is they're actually like pretty um they're competitive like you said so you're gonna get some save chances but it's like um how good are these save chances going to be? If that makes sense, or how often? Like, are are they going to hit us the skids where it just gets nasty for a while, type thing? And they just, they don't win ball games like in the past. Because remember, it was um, oh crap. It was um, I'm picturing him right now. Who was closing for them last year? Um, Soria. Soria yeah. was pitching for closing for them, and he went like a stretch of what 20, 30 days without even a save chance. It felt like it was just yeah. it was wild. And then he had like six in July or yeah. something. Like, yeah, and they and traded them right away. So like, yeah, so they, not, they capitalized on that like real quick. Yeah, so I'm not saying like the D-backs are, are going to do that, but that's very much in the cards as well. So yeah, they lost six one. of their last seven. They they had a nice stretch of wins where they won uh, seven of eight games, but then they've lost six of the last seven. Yeah. Um, and that's what happens when you play, you know, the Dodgers, uh, the Dodgers, and the, <laughs> the Cubs. So yeah, 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 things things will get changed for you. And speaking of the Cubs, um, David Robertson. COVID IL and he's been there for a while. So he must be have some pretty serious symptoms going on with him. Cause um, some of these guys go on for like a day or two and see like they're back. He's been there for a bit. And in the, the meantime, Rowan wick has picked up three saves. Uh, this kind of bums me out for the fact that I picked up, Ro- I drafted Rowan wick late in draft season after the Hoyer news. And then, you know, all of a sudden um, wick's not good enough to be the closer and they got Robertson and all this yada, yada, yada. So now, you know, I don't have any Rowan wick saves. So, is Wick worth grabbing for now just until Robertson comes back? Do we think this is a thing that might be more fluid going forward? How would you assess, assess the Cubs situation? Yeah, it was, uh, I was looking for some news on Robertson because I have him uh, in one league that I've just been – I have a very shallow bench. This is a non-NFBC league. Um, I only have three people on my bench, uh, and my IL spots are full. So I was like, should I hold on to him? Um and uh, the Cubs beat reporter for the Athletic, I can't, I can't remember his name, but he uh, posted recently it's saying um, that David Ross said Robertson has stayed sharp and feels good, and it should be hopefully sooner rather than later. So I don't know. I mean, it's it sounds like, you know, he could step back into the role as soon as he's back. But, uh, you know, he has been out for a while, and, and Wick's been good in his absence. But problem is um, – you know, this was uh, David Ross used a committee last year after they traded Kimbrell. Um, I know he's gone to Wick for his last the Cub the team's last three saves, but uh, there's other options too. Michael Givens has a 34 and a half K rate uh, percent K rate. 
his home run rates a little up and his walk rates over 10%, but uh, you know, he, he can't strike people out. Um, so he could be an option. Excuse me, an option. Uh, did save games with Cincinnati last year. So, um, and then Scott Efrost has been really sharp this year, uh, 17 to one K to walk in 15 innings with great ratios. He's somebody I'd monitor, um, you know, if, if this absence uh, for Robertson kind of extends on any longer, cause he's been really good. Um, so yeah, yeah. Well, uh, short term. Yeah. It's, it looks like wick, but you know, there are other guys who could step in if wick starts to struggle and, you know, he has, He's not been the most reliable pitcher uh, in in the past, and he's also dealt with some injuries in the past. So, we'll see. Yeah, and Roberts Roberts has dealt with plenty of his own injuries too. So it's one of like he could come back, and we could be doing this roller this dance all over again. On uh, if it's Wick, if it's Givens, I think Givens might get a shot. We saw what he did with Cincinnati last year and a few others. So I think there's some some definitely life behind that one. As yeah, I'm well. looking at at Wick's game log right now, uh, thirteen appearances. And only one clean outing. He has a 139 whip. So that's where it kind of gets a little tricky for me is you don't want guys on base uh, when you're trying to save games. So, and I'm looking at his last three saves, two inning save. He allowed two hits, um, you know, and then the second one, he allowed two hits and a run and a walk. Um, and then the last save he allowed a hit as well. So uh, he's definitely hittable. Um, walk rate isn't perfect, but uh, he's gotten the last three saves. So, I, not somebody I'm going to break the bank for just because of that whip. Perfect. That's that was the big question right there. Uh, let's talk Cincinnati Reds, which is always a fun conversation to have when it comes to saves because they don't win a lot of games. They've been winning lately. Let's be honest, they've been winning lately. But like yesterday, Art Warren gets the win in one of the doubleheader games that Alexis Diaz saves that same game. There's just a ton of moving parts in Cincinnati. Who's the man to roster, and is anyone actually worth rostering? I guess is the real question. Uh. Probably not. Um, Art Warren. <laughs> so Art Warren got the win, but he blew the save last night. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. He came out in the ninth with a two-run lead, gave up a two-run homer to Owen Miller, um, and then uh, the Reds scored in the top of the tenth. Alexis Diaz came on. Uh, Edwin Diaz's younger brother. Uh, they both got saves last night, which was really cool. Um, and Diaz really he he made it interesting. I was watching that game. You know, I'm a I'm a Cleveland fan. Um, struck out the first two batters, uh, and then walked two to load the bases because they had the, the runner on second to start the inning. Uh, so loaded the bases for Jose Ramirez. Um, so imagine you're like shitting your pants, like you know, you're, <laughs> you're a rookie up there looking at Jose Ramirez, probably best hitter in the AL, but he struck him out. So good on uh, him, got his first career save. Um, yeah, Diaz is—he's gotten some work. He's second on uh, in the Cincinnati bullpen in innings with 17 and a third. Throws the hardest out of all of them. He's got a 30% K rate. Um, the one thing though, he's got a 13% walk rate, and that's—you uh, know—I'm always looking at the walk rate when it comes to like spec closers because, you know, if you're over 10%, that's that's a, that's where it gets a little dicey for me. So, I would not be probably rostering either of these guys. I think Diaz will probably go for a lot. Um, you know, it, I certainly think he's in the committee now uh, with Art Warren and um, maybe Santian and, you know, maybe Hunter Strickland, um, Lucas Sims when he comes back, but he's on the IL. So I don't know. It was, uh, they were showing clips of David Bell in the, in the dugout, uh, you know, when Diaz was on, on the mound and you could just, see him just feel like here we go again you know it's just every save op it's like it's, yeah you know it's always uh there's always uh fun to be had so yeah it's been messy for cincinnati there's no sugarcoat yeah. in that at all it's been very very messy in that bullpen um last one i have down for us here is the miami marlins um cole Sulcer has kind of gotten a little bit of the role of late dylan floro's back from the il we saw him you know mattingly likes floro so you feel like he might get a shot at some point in time uh, Bender had his shot. Doesn't feel like he ran with it very well. Um, are you going to go Solcer if you're bidding on stuff this week? Or are you going to speculate on Floro? How would you approach the Miami situation? Um, yeah, it's, I'm probably avoiding this pen for now uh, just because, I don't know, excuse me, I still think Bender, even though he came on in the fifth inning yesterday, um, it was during kind of a big spot with a runner on and a one-run lead. Um so he got the out, got out of the fifth inning, stayed on for the sixth uh, to face the eight, nine, one hitters. Um, 
And then uh, he induced a ground out and then allowed a single to Victor Robles, picked him off at first base, and then allowed another single before he was pulled. So I don't know. Bender's, I don't know. I still think he's kind of in the mix, um, you know, but Sulcer is my favorite for saves right now because he pitched the ninth last night with a four run lead against the Nationals. Wasn't a save opportunity, but uh, um, certainly kind of fell that way. Um, and with Dylan Floro, Fred Zinke made a good point last night on the Rotowire podcast with Jeff Erickson. Uh, he hasn't struck out a batter yet uh, since he's Not been good. back. So <laughs> it's a little concerning. He's, he's never been like a high strikeout guy, but um, you know, you definitely want that K upside. Um, so Sulcer for now um, could be fluid. Bender could be back in the late inning mix at some point, but Don Manley has got to figure this out. Miami's 17, 19. They're tied for second in the NL East. Um, they are six games back of the Mets, but you know, they're in second, in the yep. tough division. So um, got to do something. Maybe the answer is Max Meyer. Maybe he pitches out of the bullpen later this mm, season. Could be, so, could be, could um, be for sure. He'd be a good, pretty dominant, you know, closer option for, for them if, if they chose to go that route. But uh, yeah, yeah this, need, is, they, this is they, one they I'm just not super confident in, but out of anyone I'm looking at Solser right now. They definitely need to do something because like you said, they're in second place. They were in the playoffs to see a couple years ago. They got a great starting rotation. Like don't waste this. Don't waste it on a bad bullpen. When, you know, they everyone thought at one point Kenley Jansen was going to go there and that didn't happen. Yeah, and no trade for Kimberl. Yeah. That didn't happen. So yeah, what could have been uh, a couple quick hitters while we were talking that I just wanted to get your thoughts on because they were big uh, fab spec ads this past week. Uh, Felix Bautista for Baltimore, people like quite a bit. And then um, in Oakland, you had um, is uh, Danny Jimenez, who looks like he did take over for Lou Trevino. But uh, are those two guys worth going and getting right now? Or like I'm more on Team Jimenez, and I looked at your chart. You are too. But yeah. uh, Bautista, people are raving over Bar- Bautista, but Jorge Lopez is still there. Yeah, remember it's the Orioles too. Like you can't get too excited just because they're not very good. Um, you know, Batista can throw 101 and a half mile an hour pitches all day, but you're you're still on the over <laughs> Orioles. <laughs> you're probably not going to see many save opportunities, and if you are, you're probably splitting them with Jorge Lopez, who's been really good so this year. So, uh, yeah, I do like Danny Jimenez a lot better. Um, I have put Jimenez uh, about you know. When Trevino was healthy and, and Jimenez got a, a couple of saves ago, I, I, I kind of put him as the leader. Um, Oakland, I'm actually going to drop Trevino this week in the main event just because, you know, I, I want to have that flexibility on the rosters. Um, uh, so I do have Jimenez on that team too. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, they're certainly worth a pickup if you're, like, desperate for saves. But I'm just I'm just tempering expectations just because of the teams. They're, you know, they're not great teams, so. Um, but Jimenez has been pretty good. So pretty good. Yep, yeah. Pretty, pretty good. That's for sure. Um, it, I wrote this down at the beginning and obviously we talked about a few other guys, but it stood out to me right out the gate. Um, Matt Strom versus Will Vest. If you had to pick one up this weekend, who are you picking up? Um, probably Vest. Just because Strom, you know, he's the lefty, um, can't remember how many lefties they have in their pen, but uh, let me just look at it. If you go to rotowire.com slash baseball slash closers, um, you can actually filter. Um, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you can see um, you can filter by uh, the different teams. Um, so, yeah, they have Deekman, Austin Davis as lefties, too. So, you know, maybe he gets more save opportunities and, you know, I can give him credit for it. But but I would probably lean Vest just because Fulmer and Soto have been so shaky as of late, and they just, you know, they need to kind of turn things around there. There works added Meadows, um, Javi Baez, Eduardo Rodriguez this year, you know, probably weren't favorites for the division, but I'm, I'm sure they expected to be a lot better than they have been. So yeah. um, at this point, you know, you don't want your, your bullpen to be blowing games for you. Um, so I, I think I think back to Toronto last year, they missed the playoffs by one game. If they if they had gone to Jordan Romano like earlier than they did, they probably would have made the playoffs. Um, yep. But instead, they toyed around with Delise and uh, you know a couple other guys. So um, yeah, every game counts. You know, got that extra playoff spot this year. So um, 
I don't know. Yeah, Detroit's going to have to climb out of that, you know, 13 and 24 record. But, uh, yeah, I could see Vess stepping in there for him since he's been so dominant. I like it. I like it quite a bit. Um, before we get to the listener question in the in the uh, video here, first main event, you've been documenting it uh, off and on over there at rotowire.com. You talked about it as a good start, kind of dwindling a bit here, but it is only May 18th. We still have a long ways to go, about three and a half to four and a half, about four months of baseball still to rock and roll with. So uh, how are things going? Where's the mind at? How, how do we think we're going to fix what's going on? Yeah, I've, I started out really, really hot. I was uh, first in the league for three, four weeks in a row. Um, I was hovering in the overall uh, between like 15th place and 25th place for for those three, four weeks. But I've fallen back uh, the past two weeks. Um, and Nate Ivaldi uh, really kind of made me fall back uh, in the overall standings last night after his uh, his blow-up start against uh, Houston. Um, so currently I'm f- third in my league um, and 141st overall. Um, I really dropped significantly after that Ian Valdi start because my pitching has been like the strength of my team. Um, but I'm still pretty optimistic. I'm putting in the work. Um, next week I'll actually have like the first quarter update um, for just how things have gone for the first seven, seven weeks, what I've learned, who I've picked up, um, some of my most difficult decisions. I'm just going to document that and, um, it'll, it'll be free on RotoWire, So, uh, everyone will be able to read it, but, uh, yeah, so far so good. Uh, it's a tough league. Uh, it's a long season, so I'm not trying not to be too discouraged by, you know, dipping significantly in the standings just because, you know, when it comes to these, these leagues, you know, you just put in the work, you know, you, you outwork people, it, you know, it'll help, it'll go a long way towards uh, your success. So that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I'm really spending a lot of time on on fab. I've been pretty unsuccessful the past three weeks, like I was talking about earlier, just some of my top targets have gone for, for much higher than I've been on. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm learning a lot. And it's a it's a really fun experience. So I'm hoping get to play again next year, no matter what happens. Uh, I did join a main event qualifier that I'm uh, currently in first place on. So um, hope to be back and no matter what happens this year. Um, And it's just, it's just fun to document it because it it keeps you accountable. You're you're forced to um, stay on top of things. And that's what I wanted to do for myself. I wanted to be able to like, make sure I learn some things as I'm documenting this process and hopefully help some others learn some things too. No, it's great. And that's kind of like you're doing it written form. It's why I, I, we talk about our, like, I know Jeff always makes the joke on his, like, people don't care about listening to that. Our team's I'm like, why well, talk about it? Cause it keeps me honest. Like it keeps me focused on what's going on. Like, you know, this is why I added so-and-so maybe this was the wrong move. This is like this and that. And it's such a long season. And one of the really good things you mentioned right there was outworking the competition because it's such a long grinding season. People get busy with stuff. Things happen. If you can just put that extra like move in here and there, you never know where it's going to be, and that's that. That could be the difference from a lot of money to no money, and it, it sounds silly, but it could be something as simple as that when you look at it. So I'm looking forward to seeing where things keep going for you along that process. Yeah, um, one thing like you, you talk about on Bubba and the Bat Flip with Toby, like when you guys talk about your drops, like that. That's like I'm I'm really interested in that because I want to see like you know I'm wondering who is dropping like these guys that I'm considering dropping, right? Yep. Like I have this list. Um, I forget who, uh, I think it might've been Phil who said like, you know, when you're, when you're doing your fab planning, you, you kind of separate things into easy drops, maybe drops, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I've kind of, that's really been helping me, um, you know, figure out who to drop moving forward. Um, so I don't know. I, I really, when people talk about who they're dropping, that really kind of intrigues me because, you know, it's kind of a little bit of validation, right? Like if you drop some guy a little early and, you know, like, you know, Phil or Toby or whoever's, yeah. you know, dropping these guys too, like you're like, feel much more comfortable with that decision. Right. I'm with so, you. I'm with yeah. you. That's, that's always been my tough thing. I talk about as I was always holding guys too long or this or that and the other. And I've been trying to be less clingy this year. And yeah. some of it's like, going to be tough and some not but again i play a lot more 12s and 15s so you can do that a little more often which suits my style more but uh it yeah. is nice to hear when the robot does something that's for sure that makes it yeah. makes it a lot better um the question from our chat here from star platinum is nick martinez going to lose his starting job um as the nfbc page he is scheduled to pitch on friday 
as of now, Nick Martinez is in the rotation. Um, I have not seen anything to say otherwise. He has struggled a lot. Not going to sugarcoat that. He first started the year was really, really good. But um, as of now, you, know, you look at roster resource, he's not even on. They have Blake Snell as the fifth starter. So maybe he does. Maybe he does. That's interesting. Let me go to Roto Watch, Roto Wire. Yeah, Roto Wire uh, two days ago moving to the bullpen, uh, replaced well, by go. Blake Snell. Uh, Kevin AC of the San Diego Union Tribune reports. So there you go. There's probably be, you know, that mop up. He'll probably follow Snell because I, I imagine Snell won't like go long his first couple yep. starts um, back. Well, so he'll probably. probably... It'll be what they did on Tuesday, where they had Gore yeah. come in after Clevenger. Even though Clevenger still went five, Gore went three. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I could see that, which is annoying, because I'll just ask you, because literally when I saw that last night, at first I thought, okay, Clev goes two or three, then Gore, cool. Then I saw how it actually played out, which uh, as a person that rosters Gore, now I don't know what to do in a 12-team league, because if he's just going to be that three-inning reliever like that, that's not going to be worth my roster spot. This is very annoying. Ryan, what would you do in that scenario? I'm in the same scenario as you. So, yeah, because <laughs> I, I was all aboard that train. Yeah. So, yeah. It's tough. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough because, I mean, the talent's there. He's, he's, he was really impressive in his starts, but you have to look at the back end of the Padres rotation as Snell and Clevenger. Injured guys. Um, yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. you never know like what can happen. Um, I don't know. You know, certainly there's Martinez there to potentially reclaim his rotation spot too um but uh yeah gore you know all the talent in the world um you know nice story after being like so bad in the minors for a couple of years um nice to see him like dominate in the spring and come back and this year like return to that like top prospect status uh level um but uh yeah it could be a way just to monitor his innings too like yeah. I'm, I'm looking back at his minor league career it looks like He's gone topped out at 100 innings back in 2019. Um, hasn't really gone much more than that. So he's already at 29 innings this year. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the monitoring is a big part of it because in reality, they could have just sent him down. Yeah. They could have just like, if we want you to keep starting, we're going to send you down and blah, blah, blah. So I think you're onto something there. It's more like, okay, let's see if these guys stay healthy. We got them here for us and we can kind of control how things go from here. Yeah, it's so oh, tough to like tough. project with these like guys in the minors because like um i was looking back at like julio urias last year who, who went from like i don't know 50 some innings to like 180 something yeah. right like crazy crazy it's like it's so tough to like predict those like huge jumps right but i guess you know dodgers needed him in the rotation last year so he, i guess he had no no choice it was just like well we're gonna we're gonna bump them so it's tough to say like with gore like how many innings he is projected to pitch like if the padres have like they're going to cap him out at you know 100 or 110 20 uh, but uh 12s it's going to be tough to hold on to him exactly. if he's pitching out of the pen and that that's my thing like i'm going to hold him as long as possible but it's one of those like you mentioned the list that phil makes of you know He's going to start making the list, which was never an option for me before, and that's going to suck. But uh, you got to yeah. churn and burn in those 12s, 15s. You can be more patient because he can give you three quality innings like that. That'll still pay off somewhere in the end. Um, one other question from Star Platinum. Singer struck out nine last night. Can you rank these four? Singer, Cueto, Miley, Steele. Well, Singer got sent back down uh, as he was the 27th man in the doubleheader. Wouldn't be shocked if we see him soon. Like, I was a big Singer guy in the uh, preseason. But uh, Singer, Johnny Cueto. Wade Miley, Justin Steele. Um, I think how he has him. Who was the second one again? Johnny Cueto. Who got the start yesterday, I believe yeah, yesterday. I would probably West. have him as he had him listed. Um, I would put Singer first. I think um, I, somebody was having a conversation about Singer on Twitter this morning. I think Phil said like they're expecting him to come back it was matt modica posted something about singer and um yeah, phil comment he had to be it. sent down because he was a 27th man and and yep. uh they were talking about they expect him to be back in the rotation at some point uh this week so um yeah. so yeah he'd, I would, he'd I would, be the I would, one for sure yeah singer for sure like head and head over heels over the the rest of the guys um for sure yeah for me i'd have quito fourth just because i don't think he's sticking around for long that's just my two cents on that one but uh We'll have to wait and see overall. Yep. 
But on that note, Ryan, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, great, as always. Before we take off, again, plug uh, your closers content, uh, all your written content at Rotowire. What else you got going on? Yeah, uh, rotowire.com. Uh, the closer grid I frequently update. I just actually updated the closures and waiting list um, uh, on the site. So uh, that's fresh and up to date. Um, so is the grid. Uh, also, Closer Encounters should have a new article out today. Um, talking about the Boston and Philadelphia bullpens. Um, just uh, two of the bullpens that have really struggled this year. Uh, Philadelphia in particular has just been really bad for a long time. <laughs> like they just cannot figure out the bullpen there. Um, and I'm not sure if they even want to, but uh, uh, they invested so much money offensively with, you know, Castellanos and Schwarber and, uh, you know, the rotation. Um, but uh yeah, rotowire.com at Ryan Roof on Twitter, R U F E. Uh, feel free to hit me up anytime. Happy to answer questions uh, about closers. Um, and look next week for my main event article, which will be out on Rotowire. It would be free. So uh, check out my first uh, quarter recap of my uh, main, event, main event team. Nice, nice. Looking forward to it in a big time. And as always, Ryan, a pleasure having you join me, chat it up a little bit. Can't wait to do it again sometime. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Bubba. And Good luck the rest uh, rest of the way for you. You as well. You as well. Uh, this was Bench with Bubba, episode 473, guys, with Ryan Roof of Rotowire. Catch you all later. Yeah.